I was very excited when I came to know what Indigo had achieved. It's a very different setting altogether. KLM is a company with 102 years. The situation for Indigo in India is very different. We should look the next 10 years, what could be the runway of that company and the ambitions of India. At least two strong international players. It's not strange at all. Everything can be solved in India. So I just use the word too bad. On Friday, my colleague Arindam Majumdar interviewed Indigo's new CEO, Peter Elbers. So Anirvan, Indigo asked me to join in this flight. It, it, it was a momentous occasion for them because it was a 100th destination that they're launching, Ras Al So one of the reasons that I wanted to be on that flight was because Peter Elbers, the new CEO who has just been ushered into the Indigo control, was traveling for the first time. I didn't want to miss the chance, actually, to interact with him. As a fellow aviation reporter, I can't share Arindam's excitement. In May, the entire global aviation world took notice when Elbers decided to move to Indigo after quitting his job as Dutch airline KLM's massively successful CEO. In fact, one of the most popular airline CEOs in the world. Between then and now, Elbers has tried really hard to imbibe Indigo and India. The day he actually moved to the low-cost airline's corner office earlier this month, he wrote to its employees that this would be the most exciting phase of his career and theirs. He talked about new frontiers for Indigo and that the airline and India would soon become part of him. Among other things, he told them that he has started discovering the fascinating Indian concept of Jugaad, a Hindi term often used in North India that roughly translates to quick fix. Indigo's promoter Rahul Bhatia's mandate to Elbers is very clear. Widen the reach and presence of the airline, especially to the West. But to do that, Elbers will have to buck the historical trend of a long line of expat CEOs of Indian carriers who have quit in a year or two after fairly unsuccessful stints. Will Elbers be an exception? Let's hear it from the man himself. It's Tuesday, the 27th of September. From the Economic Times, I'm Anirban Chaudhary, and in today's episode, we ask Peter Elbers the question in every Avgeek's mind. Can he make Indigo a truly global airline? So Elbers is somewhat of a big deal in global aviation circles. The 52-year-old Dutchman spent three decades in KLM, of those, eight years as its CEO. He piloted the century-old airline really well, managing and growing a global network out of its hub in Amsterdam, keeping it mostly more profitable or less loss-making if you count the pandemic, than its more famous partner, Air France. Most critically, Elbers managed a very difficult and tumultuous relationship between the two partner airlines. It was in fact the ugly, frequent clashes between Air France and KLM that is said to have led him to finally quit in January 2022. When he did quit, every global airline looking to fill their corner office wanted him. An executive at Gulf Airline Emirates told me they wanted Elbers to succeed their long-standing CEO, Tim Clark, when he had talked about retiring a year or two earlier. Indigo was of course one of the many airlines chasing Elbers and it was pulling out all stops to get him. 
Indigo even preponed the end of tenure for the former CEO, Mr. Ronaldo Jadatta. He was supposed to be in charge till end of 2024, but he left like at least a year before because Indigo and Mr. Rahul Bhatia knew very well that Peter won't be available if Indigo would have waited for another six months or for a year more. And that also shows how desperate the airline was to get someone of his stature into their uh, corner room. But Indigo is an Indian low-cost carrier. The country's biggest and the world's sixth largest by number of passengers, no doubt. But unlike anything that Elbers had helmed before. So obviously, Arindam's first question to him was this. So what made you select India and Indigo? Well, there's, a, there's actually a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, I think what Indigo has done for the past 16 years is incredible by any standard. Um, and to move from basically nothing to where it stands today with 270 aircraft, today 100 destinations, a, a huge market basis in India, and the people of Indigo, the teams at Indigo, really have built it to what it is today. And, and I was very excited when I came to know what Indigo had achieved. I think secondly, India uh, is basically uh, at the point in its development where aviation is playing an incredible important role in the development of the country. The, the government of India has set out clearly a goal not to only develop the metros, but to develop the entire country and all these cities. And I think aviation is playing a major role in that. And that, that in itself is exciting. So the combination of a, a airline, uh, which has developed in an incredible way on the one hand side, and a country which is at the forefront of economic development with all its opportunities and ambitions and drive to go forward. That for me was the key driver in, in taking the decision to, uh, to move to India. You have spent time at KLM, one of the global leaders in aviation, which has successfully developed Shefall as a global aviation hub. Is that something that can be replicated in India? And are you, doing, are you planning to do something similar at Indigo? Well, there's no way to duplicate that. It's a very different setting altogether. I mean, KLM um, is a company with 102 years uh, of history, and I, I feel privileged that I had the opportunity to work there. But it's coming from a, a, a relatively, especially uh, compared to India, a relatively small country uh, where uh, the airport has played an enormous important role and the network of KLM has played an enormous important role for economic development, prosperity, connectivity, and the fact that, that all these destinations were connecting over Amsterdam helped a lot to put the economy forward. The situation for Indigo in, Indi in India is very different. Uh, first of all, there's not one hub. There's more places we fly out of, out of the different metros. And the south of India has very different flows than the northern part of India. Um, so we will not copy that model. What we will do, though, is make sure that we have great connectivity in all these places that we're able, uh, of course, to benefit from the big metros flying international and international back, but also from all these points in India and all these tier two and three cities connecting over these places and moving international. Moving international, becoming global. That's the clearest brief from Bhatia to Elbers. About 25% of Indigo's capacity is currently deployed on international routes, especially to cities in the Middle East. The airline now wants to start direct flights to Europe and perhaps later even to the US. In 2024, it'll get deliveries of the Airbus A321 XLRs, 
the stretched version of the world's most popular narrow-bodied aircraft which will take it as far as Europe in non-stop flights for the first time. So, what percentage of capacity will Indigo deploy on its international routes going forward? How do we see its global network widening in the next 3-4 years? The airline now has an all-economy product. Shall we see a business class in these new international flights? And will it later buy larger, wide-bodied planes? Well, we haven't put a number uh, there. I don't think when the company started, uh, and even five years ago, there was a precise number that today, uh, on this very day, we reached our 100th destination. I think what we do have, though, we have a vision of where we should move. And that moving is adding more destinations, both domestic and international. Even domestic, I think we still have the opportunity to further grow, to further develop. Of course, we have the XLRs uh, on order, which should be delivered in the next few years, which will enable us to make more steps in that. And we should safeguard very much the basis of our operation. Think again what teams of Indigo have done, how the company was built with on-time performance, uh, hassle and courteous, uh, hassle-free and courteous service. Uh, and affordable fares, that will remain the very basis. So we will strengthen the basis and from there move forward to the international position. The geographical position of India, where we can fly up to the north, uh, we can fly to the southeast, uh, we can fly to Europe, and of course we can fly to the Middle East. If we operate into Istanbul, uh, that's our longest flight in the network today. That provides a lot of opportunities for network development. So yes, the XLRs are a point on the horizon. It's a very important point for the development of our network. Uh, but we still have a lot of opportunities to develop before these XLRs will eventually arrive. And of course, going forward, when the XLRs are coming in, we are evaluating today, and I will not disclose precisely what it will be, uh, but we're evaluating today uh, what should the adequate product be on those flights without uh, leaving away the very core of our company. And that, that balancing act uh, will have to uh, determine in the, in the path going forward. I think we should, we should look... For, for not the next two years or the next five years, the next 10 years, what could be the runway of that company? And, and in, that, in that runway, I'm not ruling out any, uh, any possibility. So, you know, Peter, the potential of traffic when a 186-seater flies into a location like Middle East or say Southeast Asia, which is a large Indian diaspora, is very, very different when you fly the 321 XLR, which would at least have 100 more seats than your current aircraft and into long thin markets in the European region, which may not have a steady flow of traffic. So how do you bridge that gap? So does demand follow supply or is it that supply follows demand? I think both destinations will develop when there's capacity. You'll see that that demand is, is following. Again, we've seen that in India, there's places where, where uh, Indigo is flying today, where probably if you would ask that question to one of my predecessors, Four years ago or five years ago, would you fly to that place? And we said, mm, maybe not. Today, Indigo is flying and the flights are full. And if you see what is that, what, what's the effect of that on some of the communities where suddenly there's an air connection and where suddenly, I think even there, COVID has changed some of the behaviors of people, not in terms of desire to fly, but maybe in working, working more from home, Maybe not moving everyone to the metros, but staying in other places in India and go there just once a week or once a month. And then suddenly if these direct air connections are there, I would see the same trend happening international where uh, uh, 
if there's, is there, if there's capacity, the math will follow. That's one. And two, with the network behind the metros we're, we're operating from, suddenly from all these cities in India, you connect today, you connect over Mumbai and you fly to, <laughs> to Russia al Qaima. So again, one would have not expected that a few years ago. Today, we, we brought it to reality. And that maybe is coming back to your first question. Why did you step into this job? I think what we can build here, uh, the opportunities we have to build, and the discussions I indeed had with Mr. Batia and, and the vision to build that, that's an extremely encouraging uh, prospect. You have developed code share partnerships with very interesting airlines in the world. You now have a code share with Qatar, American Airlines, Turkish, and most recently with Virgin Atlantic. How does that help you? Well, the code share today is primarily driven by some of the foreign carriers who fly into India and, and they provide uh, uh, international passengers connecting on the network of, Indio, of Indigo. They are not all the same. The, the cooperation we have with Qatar and the cooperation we have with Turkish are, are, are different than the cooperation we have with Air France, KLM or with uh, Virgin Atlantic. What it does, it brings international passengers from Europe or from the U.S. Into, uh, into India, connecting on our network. And of course, it helps us, it, which is beneficial for the other airlines because they, they have the connections. But where does it help Indigo? It helps us to get some more awareness of what Indigo is all about and what Indigo stands for. And places like, like the U.K. or France, there's no flights of Indigo today and maybe flights in the future. And these co-chairs are helping us to establish uh, at least some brand awareness and market awareness of what we stand for. But at the same time, on the flip side, having a co-share with such kind of airlines also results in some kind of difference in the expectation of the customer. So how do you bridge that gap when, say, a flyer flies from a Qatar Q-suit product to, a, to an all-economy configuration aircraft of Indigo? So how, how, how do you manage that expectation of the customer? Yeah, well, long-haul business class on KLM was also different than, than the European sector. And if you see the product Indigo is having, especially those uh, seats with more leg space and the corporate fares we're having where the food is included, uh, that's a product which is well-connecting. Yes, it's a different product than the long-haul international business class product. That's, that's without any doubt. But yet for these customers, which need to go to different cities and they fly an hour, an hour and a half, maybe maximum two hours. Uh, and they are with smooth connection, in this case in Delhi, on their final point of destination. It's a wonderful product. Peter Elber's other real challenge will be understanding and operating in the Indian market. To be sure, Indigo being the market leader has somewhat of a gravy train or flight running in the local aviation market, which can make the leadership a little complacent, but one just can't afford complacency in the Indian aviation market. There is the overhang of COVID, which had battered airline businesses across the world and here. Indigo has had to slash employee salaries during the pandemic, a move that had really upset its staff until recently when it made an announcement to restore their pay. Internally, there's high costs. Outside, competition is heating up. The Tata Group is trying to build a large aviation entity with Air India, Vistara and Air Asia. New players like Akasa are trying to grow fast. Indian aviation is a dog-eat-dog -dog world and competition most often only means price wars at the cost of margins and profitability. Plus, 
Production and logistical constraints at plane and engine makers have slowed down deliveries for all airlines, including Indigo, which is one of the fastest growing in the world. What will be Elber's India strategy? So, Peter, it's been almost close to a month that you were in India. What has India taught you? <laughs> quite, quite a bit. No, uh, on the serious note, Indigo is is a is a is a fantastic company. Uh, I've been very warmly uh, received, very hospitable uh, uh, reception uh, I got from all the colleagues at, at Indigo. Um, and at the end of the day, the the spirit and the the dynamics of the people uh, have been really wonderful for me. Then India, yes, of course, there's the traffic in Delhi, which is unpredictable. Uh, then there's all the all the, the food is new. So there's a lot of things which are new. But you know that that's the exciting part of aviation. You know, it brings cultures together, it connects people together. Uh and, and I'm just as excited to be in these different places. And speaking with our teams this morning in Mumbai, I realized that even within India, Delhi is not the same as Mumbai, and Mumbai is not the same as Hyderabad. So uh, being being from the Netherlands, uh, I feel perfectly at home in all these different cultures. So, Peter, like many airlines across the world, Indigo has been a victim of COVID, and that has resulted into some discontent among the staff. So they complain that their salary level has not been restored to the pre-COVID level, while as their working hours have gone up significantly higher, even from what is used to be during the pre-COVID days. So how do you breach that expectation of your employees in this new world when at the same time you have to take care of the employee discontentment and also have to repair the balance sheet? Yeah, well, COVID has been has been an enormous, uh, impactful two years for every airline in the world. And uh, indeed, my previous company is no exception from that to Indigo. And what the people at, at Indigo have done and what the employees have done in repatriating uh, Indians stranded all over the world, operate extra flight, go the extra mile in these difficult circumstances. All the, 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 the restrictions there were in terms of masks and flying and this and that. I think that that's, that's the irony. And again, not only for Indigo, we had the very same in, in my previous company. I think where, where we are today is we're climbing out of that situation. Traffic is back. People want to travel. Um, the restrictions are sort of behind us, not everywhere. There's still some places and we still have some in place, but we're on the way back. And I think with, with COVID behind us, with the effects behind us, it's also now the good, the good time to start rebuilding um, that working together. And again, that's at Indigo, but that's it probably in the majority of the airlines around the world. So Air India has been taken up by the Cash Reach Tata Sons Group and they have put their heart at repairing or restoring the glory of Air India. You have been a clear uh, domestic market leader, but now you're looking at international frontiers. So how do you see this competition from a resurgent Air India? Is it going to be a competition or do you think there is enough space for both the carriers to compete and at the same time maintain profitability at the international sectors? Yeah, well, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, that question. Um, because that, that question is very much from a India perspective, which I understand. But for, for a minute, let me, let me, let me be a bit provocative. Let me take a different approach and to say, if you look to the size of India, 
And, and not only the population, but also the economic size, the ambitions of the country, economic growth of the country. I don't think we should, we should look too much at will uh, Indigo and, Air, and Air India, how will they compete with each other and what will be the precise consequences. I think if you take two steps back and you look from an international perspective and say a country of the size of India and the economic potential and the ambitions of India, going international and having uh, uh, at least two strong international players, it's not strange at all. On the contrary, I think it would just strengthen itself. So yes, there's going to be competition and there will be competition, which is good, uh, which again will be, will be helping also the market forward. But from, from having share for Indian carriers moving and increasing that share international, I would say it's a good thing. So you have been a clear king in the domestic market. 57% market share. Is that something abnormal? Or do you see that you can maintain that very comfortably? Well, I, I, would, I would focus more on what is the size of the network and, and how, do we, how do we connect communities and these shares, they go up, they go down. And uh, I saw some new ambitions of India in terms of share, which is good to put an ambition out there. Uh, I think where we would look is how can we service our customers best and what would be our next step of development. Uh, so one way is looking indeed at the domestic share. I would look at a different way also and say, what's our international share? And what's the share of, of Indigo or at large the Indian carriers on international travel? And I think there are still great opportunities in further developing that. And if I can follow up that question, Peter, would you mind sacrificing some of your domestic capacity to build up your international flight plan, which is currently at roughly 25% of your entire network? The market share in itself is never, uh, is never an, an objective in itself. It's a consequence of the network we operate. Um, so I, I would really look at it as a consequence of the network, as the consequence of all the cities we serve, the capacity we put in the market, the opportunities which are arising, the new destinations which are being added. Again, today we are international, but also recently we have added more domestic destinations to it. Even after the pandemic, we have added a few domestic destinations. So I will continue to do so. And then the, the precise market share is a consequence of that. And I, I, I'm not looking every month for what is precisely our market share. Sure. A global shortage in supply chain has impacted every airline in the world. And you being a such large customer of Airbus aircraft, it has not left you untouched. Aircraft delivery is a delayed for you, in some cases delayed by more than a month. But the festive season is knocking at the door when it's expected that it's going to be a bumper robust domestic traffic season for the Indian Airlines. So when traffic is going to be at its maximum, but you are caught short of planes, how are you going to take to uh, solve that? What are the kind of actions, Peter, that you are currently taking to solve the problem? Yeah, that's an important topic, uh, the supply chain. Uh, constraints which we're facing and the shortages, which is a global issue, uh, but uh, well, it's, it's well known that the amount of aircraft coming in at Indigo uh, is a very significant number, and, and clearly that significant number requires a lot of supply. So yes, we're affected uh, uh, in that, and, and uh, we're discussing with the suppliers, both with the airframe manufacturers as well as the engine manufacturers, uh, how we can uh, deal with any challenges and any, any pressure on that supply chain. Again, it's not unique to India, this is a, a global issue, uh, but for us being a large customer, of course, uh, we follow very closely uh, that situation. So Peter, 
I would want to conclude this interview on a very interesting mail that you just sent to your employees. So, what do you make of this term called jugad? It's a very famous term in India. And I would want to know how do you want to implement that in the Indigo system? <laughs> it seems you've read my internal message. <laughs> Everything can be solved in India. It's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating the, the speed uh, in which things can be solved in a very creative way. And when I asked uh, my colleagues uh, at the office, what, how, how do you call that here? And Jugat was, uh, was the way of doing it. And I think the interesting part is I asked, how would you translate it into one word? But there's no, there's no one word translation if I understood. So uh, I just used the word Jugat. The opportunity on a more serious note, the opportunity also in terms of technology if there's one country in the world where technology could help us to move forward, it's India with all the IT power which is there, all the opportunities which are there. So there's maybe less of a jugat, but more of a technology part. And, and I think if, if we could combine that spirit of jugat with some of the technology, we're just uh, moving to new frontiers. Here's a story that shows how popular Elbers really was in KLM. In April 2019, when there were rumors of him quitting the airline, about 25,000 employees or 71% of its workforce petitioned to its board saying he should stay on. And he did. Elbers will try to create a similar place for himself in Indigo. He started on a warm note sharing his excitement with his colleagues, very enthusiastic about taking the airline to new heights. But then, popularity and goodwill may be the smallest of his challenges. Indian aviation is a complex market, where price is often preferred over product, travel preferences and trends change every few kilometers, and massive taxes hang over an airline's business, tipping the earning scale to losses at the slightest external push. All this makes it even tougher for Indian carriers to be profitable on international routes. Four Indian carriers have run significant long-haul operations in the history of Indian aviation. Kingfisher Airlines shut down, Jet Airways went bankrupt, and Air India made such massive losses that the government had to sell it off. Of course, Air India and Vistara under the Tatas will be the only homegrown competition to Indigo in this sector. But then, there's tremendous competition outside from global carriers. Most of them premium airlines. To Indigo, the only Indian budget airline in this segment. As he grapples with all this, Peter Elbers, the overachieving former CEO of KLM, will realize that he needs a little more than technology and jugar to really chart new frontiers for Indigo. If he does manage to take it, profitably to places it aims to reach and build a sustainable market there, he will be the rare expat CEO to lead an Indian airline to unprecedented success. That's all for today. You were listening to this exclusive interview on The Morning Brief. This episode was produced by Vinay Joshi, sound design Rajas Naik, executive producers Anupriya Bahadur and Arijit Barman. Do listen in, like and share this episode. The Morning Brief is now streaming on Amazon Music and Ghana.com apart from Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And of course, ET's very own audio platform, ET Play. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Keep listening. This is Anirban Chaudhary wishing you a great week ahead. Thank you. <laughs>